Blog Talk Radio. Cincinnati, which the weather's just teasing us, but it is what it is. But anyway, thank you all for tuning, for tuning in to tonight's podcast, The Clown Hour. I'm your host, Scott Burks, and I'm also the creator of sports blog called The Clown Times. That's clown spelled with K, by the way. You ever find me on the web at www.theclowntimes.net. And you can find me on Facebook as well, so wherever you are, if you're on your laptop, smartphone, desktop, wherever you are these days. I messed up the rhyme, but uh, just go to the search window and type in the Clown Times again. That's Clown Spell K. You can find me there as well. We got a lot to get to tonight. We got a lot of NBA, the NBA Finals, which is about to be over anytime soon, to be honest with you. The very entertaining uh, Major League Baseball playoffs, the League Divisional Series, which divisional rivalries abound and no one likes each other these days, as well as the NFL with COVID, you know, how it's threatening to at least halt the season or put it on pause, the craziness involved with that, as well as, speaking of craziness, the Houston Texans finally break it off Bill O'Brien, coach slash GM, and uh, also Dwayne Haskins recently getting benched by the immortal Kyle Allen. We're going to break all those down with my boy, my co-host, my partner in crime. Now, y'all know him from the yard, such as HBCU Sports, the rest of all things, HBCU Sports. As well as Sleazy Radio on Facebook Live every Tuesday night. You can check out his work on Herosports.com as well. Dwayne Ash is back in the house. Dean Ash, how you doing, bro? Scott B, what the deal? What the deal, yo? A lot of stuff going <laughs> on, man. Lots of craziness. Uh, man, we'll get listen. to that more this being at the end of the podcast. And uh, I know you have a lot of words on these one part of the craziness that's near and dear to your heart, but we'll get to that momentarily, I promise you. Um, <laughs> but we're going to struggle off with the, with, with the lowest hanging fruit first and walk our way up the fruit tree, if you will. So we're going to start with what should be coming up on the end of the NBA Finals. I know that Miami fought valiantly, which I figured it would. I know that, you know, they, would, they wouldn't be scared coming into the Finals. But like I said in the weeks past, like I told you, like I told my other NBA cats, Kevin McCune and Jared Singleton, um, 
Miami is just overmatched. It's just a time where, you know, if you're overmatched, you know, it doesn't matter how hard and value you fight, unless the other team shoots itself in the, shoots, shoots itself in the foot, nine times out of ten, they're going to come out on top. And, and if this is a case where the Heat are down three games to one, they play well, almost, a, I don't want to say a perfect game, but they played damn well in game three while the Lakers had a shitty game, only to have not only, like, you know, Miami still plays the best game, but the Lakers bounce back. And you saw it in game four, Miami's best is simply not nearly as good as the Lakers' best. And out on the brink of elimination, we might as well break out the coronation of LeBron James winning his fourth title and ten tries. You know, which again, ten try, ten finals appearances in 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 much to sniff at, but still, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it you know, it ain't six, it ain't for six for six, as Michael Jordan is not five out of eight, as the case of Magic Johnson, two guys who I consider greater than LeBron James. So, give me your thoughts on the NBA Finals and your and your and your thoughts on uh, the Miami Heat's performance at this point. To this point, well. Like you, I was expecting the series to be um, competitive, and it is for the most part, right? Um, right. It just happens to be that in, in certain spurts, uh, the Lakers, being that they have better – well, they have the top two players in the league right now, right? And depending upon yeah. how, how you want to rank them, some people say LeBron won AD2. Others might say AD won LeBron 2. You know, depending upon where you throw Giannis in that conversation, even though he's a league MVP, he ain't playing right now, right? So right. You, you end up having those guys playing against the squad who, uh, for, the, for, for the, a lack of a better term, is a great team. You know, as, as, as great as Jimmy yeah. Butler is, I don't know if you would necessarily put Jimmy Butler in, your, in, in the league top ten, maybe at the bottom of top ten. But by himself, mm-hmm. it's not enough to compete with the likes of LeBron and, and AD. But once again, this is a team sport. And, um, you know, you, you, you've had injuries to uh, the Gordon Drogic. That, that, that's been uh, a, a big detriment to the, to the Heat. Um, but I think the biggest thing uh, about this series is not the names in this series. It's the also, I shouldn't call them also, right? It's the supporting cast, right? And the mm-hmm. main supporting cast that I kind of noticed, but like they, they highlighted them after the game um, last night in terms of Danny Green, um, Rondo, um, Caruso, having good games in game four. But the one guy, and, and actually um, KCP, KCP is the other guy. But KCP is, is really the main guy you should be watching in terms of um, how the Lakers end up faring, right? Because you, you're going to get what you're going to get right. from uh, LeBron and AD. But oddly enough, however goes KC Pope and, and occasionally Danny Green, so go to Lakers. Because when they do well and they score combined double digits, they win. When they don't, right. they don't. And especially if KCP by himself scores at least 10, they're winning. So if, if you see him and KCP has a, a good game, the same way that he had yesterday, especially late in the fourth quarter where he had that wide-open three, um, late in the fourth in that drive to the hole, 
which which cemented that lead for the Lakers, that's what you're going to get. So, right. yeah, if you slow down everybody else, great. But if you just slow down their role players, that's how you beat the – well, uh, either slow them down or they make mistakes. But the problem is a lot of the Lakers bench players, ones that are playing and ones that aren't, have a lot of playoff experience themselves, and which is why I believe that they'll go ahead and close it out in game five. I would love to see this go six or maybe even seven because I like the competitiveness of the Miami Heat, especially one Jimmy Butler, but I just don't see them stopping them. I really don't. I don't either. And that's unfortunate because I really like this Heat team. Again, it's funny coming from a Knicks fan that I like anything Miami Heat, but um, I mean, people have to refer to the Knights. I know a lot of people are as old as we are. But anyway, um, I mean, if you look at I mean, let's take the last game, man. I mean, the, the stats were damn near identical. Both in field goal percentage, L.A. hit 44% of its field goals. Miami had close to 43%. Three-point percentages, L.A. 36%. Miami 34 Rebounds, I mean, slight edge for the Lakers, 51 to 44, which is not bad since Miami is so much undersized than the Lakers are. Both were dead even in turnovers. I mean, it – I mean, what 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 could Miami do? Well, I mean, what else could they do? I mean, granted, they had a hot shooting game in Game Three, and the Lakers couldn't mm-hmm. just couldn't buy a shot. And even then, they almost came back and stole that game that the Lakers did. Remember, they came back from double digits twice, at least twice, actually. Yeah. And they had a chance to win, and they were winning in the in the fourth quarter at one point before Miami pulled away. I mean, it just goes to show you. That no matter how good Miami is on its best night, LA is just better. They just are, and that's what happens when. No, you, I mean, not, I mean, is that not only you know you, you like you have two team, two players, two of the best players of the well, two best players in the series on your squad, but they're also the two best two of the best players in the whole league. You got yeah. them on one team, the Lakers. You know, AD, Anthony Davis, and LeBron. So. I mean, I mean, aside from Jimmy Butler, who's not yet the superstar, he's on his way to be the superstar in terms of how better he's made the Heat. But I mean, this ain't this is a mismatch on paper, and I said it from the jump. But it's the spirit. I couldn't count out that Miami spirit, that competitive spirit, that desire, that grittiness. Because let's just be real, Miami did not did not look its way out of the East. They beat down some good people. They beat them down. I mean, they swept Indiana, which I mm-hmm. which was really thought to be like a mirror of series, right? But they swept them, and they beat and they pulled a German sweep on Milwaukee, which which was the best now the best team in the East, but the best team in the league record wise, and also had a two time MVP and Giannis, and who was also doubled as the uh, defensive player of the year, and they and Miami beat. His crew in five, and then the crew to go out against a deeper, more talented Boston Celtics. Miami beat them in six, and people could argue that the series should have been over before six. So, you know, Miami did not look its way here. No. Let's just let's just put it out there for everyone to understand. They earned this. The Heat earned their spot in the finals. It's hard earned. It's just that it's just a mismatch on paper. Fortunately, I mean, because you got some clowns on, uh, on <laughs> where's a Fox Sports 1 or ESPN or wherever the hell 
claiming that the Lakers should get an asterisk because it's like the easiest path to the finals victory, which, I mean, it's just stupid. I mean, it's not the Lakers' fault that the Clippers became choking dogs against the Denver Nuggets and blew a 3-1 series lead and losing the last three games when led, when, it led by, when they led by double digits all three times. I think it was, uh, if, memory felt, if memory serves it correctly, 15, 19, and 12, those leads they had in the second half only choked them away to like to the Nuggets. I mean, and plus the Clippers were just a shit show. You saw it from the start. They, the chemistry was bad, which is why I thought mm-hmm. the Lakers over the Clippers. No, I thought the Clippers were better than the Lakers on paper. The Clippers, the the the, 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 the uh, Clippers, um, uh, 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 chemistry was just just got off, and it ended up costing Doc Rivers his job, which is unfortunate. Yes, um, it is. But you know, the, yeah, and and and. and so a lot of people want to see the Battle of L.A. and the Western Conference Finals and it happened. It is what it is. So woulda, coulda, shoulda, if if, if was the fifth, all that shit, it didn't happen. <laughs> so you got to give the Lakers his, his props, right? I, I hate it when people say if. Time. Look, bruh, your Clippers did not make it. Except that. They choked away a 3-1 series lead. Except that. They blew in those three games, final three games, they, they choked away double-digit leads in the second half. Accept that. They're choking ass dogs with bad chemistry. Accept it. Period. I don't give a damn if if they made it or not. They didn't make it. So, got to get the Nuggets their props, and got to get the Lakers mm-hmm. their, their props for beating the Nuggets. Resilient, another resilient squad. So, enough of that shit. But anyway, the point is, is that, you know, you know, we all, I think, even though we all won the competitive series, I think we all knew deep down that the Lakers was just better. They were, they were just better. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's not the climb Miami. Again, they earned their way, they, Miami earned its way to the finals. You know, lose only three games along the way in the playoffs. Um, you know, it's, you, you can't discount that. It's just that LA is just better. And you yeah. got to give L.A. as proxy handling their business. I mean, obviously it's not over yet, but I think it's going to end on Wednesday, like to, uh, a Friday night. It's going to be over. Um, but props to the Lakers, nonetheless. Yeah, but before we move on, real quick, two things. Um, yes, well, sir. one being, of course, uh, for those that, that, that want to throw an asterisk on it, you might as well go ahead and throw the asterisk on the shortened season when, when the Spurs – Beat the Knicks, right? Okay. Right. No you. one does. No one does. No one remembers that. A lot of people don't even remember that, right? Unless you you bring it up right. in conversation. Hey, remember there's a strike short in season that year '99, right? But no one mm-hmm. talks about that, and no one holds that holds that against Duncan or, or Robinson when they talk about them and their greatness. As a matter of fact, this right. the series, the season. If if my math is correct. They played at least what seventy two, seventy four games. Season's only eighty two games. Is eighty two games long, dude? They played the majority of the season. What more can you ask for in this situation? What a four eighty two? Right. Okay, fine. It, 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 you're not going to get it. Cry over it, and, and and have that. But you can't say that this series isn't competitive. It, it's just not going to be as long as we want it to be because the Heat they're playing great ball. With the exception of, of yes, game two, you know, exception of the, the one game where they got blown out, they've been playing tight games for the most part. 
it's just that the one thing that we expected the Miami Heat to do well, which is shoot threes, the Lakers are doing better, and no one was expecting that. And, and matter of fact, I don't even think the Lakers were expecting that they would shoot threes the way that they've had. Matter of fact, they've had games in, in their three wins. They've made 14, 15, and 16 threes, if my math is correct. Yeah. And they've shot at least 38 threes in those wins. Ridiculous. <laughs> no one expected them to shoot that well from outside. And, and you, you can't hold that against the Miami Heat. It's just it's what it is. They, they're making buckets that no one thought that they would. And they're shooting at a clip that no one thought that they would either. Right. And just remember, their leading scorer in the playoffs, uh, Goyan Dragic, is out with a torn plantar. That, yeah. that, that hurts. I have, I, have a, I, have a, I have, like, I had a case of plantar fasciitis a few mm-hmm. years ago, a couple of years ago. That shit hurts. And I can imagine, and that's a strain. That's a strain plantar. I can imagine yeah. a torn one. I mean, for those of you out there who don't know what the hell a plantar is, uh, it's a muscle that extends from the heel of your foot, the heel, the heel, to the um, to the ball of your foot. So it's essentially, it's the bottom of your foot. That's basically what it is. So imagine playing, having to run, walk, walk around on a torn muscle that's at the bottom of your foot. Yes, it's just pain, probably more painful than as it sounds. So that's what. Dragas is dealing with, and plus Bam Adebayo was out for some a period of time. He came back. Yeah, he came back and played last night. He with a valiant effort. But they've been Miami's just been undermanned, and they're just outclassed. But they still compete. They still compete, and that goes to the culture, was established by the by the head coach um, uh, 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 Spolstra who knows, obviously, again, proves to everyone out there, post-LeBron, that he knows what the hell he's doing when it comes to coaching, and by the great Pat Riley, who's an executive in the front office. Um, so, again, props to Miami for being resilient and not giving up and making this a series and not tucking tail and quitting, not pulling the L.A. Clippers and quitting, I should say, but the Lakers <laughs> are just better. And, you know, this is where it's got to give – both teams are props, but mainly the Lakers are props. Moving right along to the Major League Baseball playoffs. How fun is the divisional round, the divisional series? Every one of the division series involves a heated divisional rivalry. American League, Rays, Yankees, Athletics, cheating ass Astros, National League, <laughs> Braves, Marlins. Fuck the Astros. Braves, Marlins. <laughs> and Dodgers, Padres. None of these squads like each other. They dislike each other to a certain degree. In the Martin, the Braves series, your, your beloved Braves, by the way, uh, mm-hmm. a few of the Braves hitters were plunked or thrown at, which led to uh, Alcuna Jr. just jacking them out of the park with that big home run. Um, the American League, I don't know too much about the Dodgers and Padres. They've been nice about it so far, but they don't like each other, really. Um, going back to the American League, the Rays and Yankees have been beefing all season, mainly because the Rays are good and the Yankees just with those rash of injuries that fell off a minute there. But the Rays ain't going anywhere. They're tough. And <laughs> my favorite series, the Athletics and the Astros, they both trolling the hell out of each other. 
Mainly the actual stuff in the chest saying we belong, even though we cheated the other previous years. And the athletics are going, okay, we dominate y'all in the regular season. We're going to put your asses out. You're cheating ass out for good, throwing each other on, on social media. It's been awesome. It's, I never had that much interest in baseball in baseball playoff series quite in quite some time like I do this to do like like I've had this 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 season. It's, it, those none in all the series, none of the squads like each other. Again, divisional rivalries, but these yeah. were pretty, was pretty special because they just they they go from heated range from heated to to flat out petty, and in the athletics and Astros case, it's both. He did <laughs> So I mean, look, the athletics going to stick. We're going to stick with the A's and Astros, man. The A's, um, they rallied thankfully for seven to four down to win nine to seven. I I can't have the Astros threatening to get back to the World Series, right? Let alone like get like like uh, advance it past the uh, 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 advance it to the championship series. And you know the the Rays and, and, and Yankees. They've they, they've made nice, even though the Braves have beaten the hell out of my Yankees so far. Damn you, Tanaka, T- Tanaka rather. And <laughs> the Braves just been winning two to that in the pitchers' duel, and I think the Braves just looking so good. So anyway, give me your thoughts, and you can start with your Braves uh, if you want. Give me your thoughts on how the 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 the, the, uh, the league divisional series, how entertaining it is. Just how petty and the nasty the rivalries are, and how they made it entertaining. No, I am. I am just like you. I am entertained by the fact that they are divisional rivals. Now, mind you, they're not the rivals of the of their respective divisions. You know, you probably Correct. see Houston uh, and um, the Texans, well, uh, the Texas Rangers, Texas or Rangers, right. the uh, the Dodgers, Giants. And you would probably say it's, uh, as a matter of fact, it is Yankees, Red Sox. But the interesting part is with the, with the NL East, you know, location-wise, it's Braves, Marlins because of their closeness and proximity. But, uh, God, with, with the Braves originally being an NL West team, you know, they still had that rivalry with the Dodgers. You know, you could say, Braves Nats, you could say Braves Phillies, right? I but, think Braves Nats. You know, yeah, so you know, but, but for this, it is, it's more so Braves Nats with me being a Braves fan living in DC. But you know, close mm-hmm. to proximity, I'll give you that. And then, of course, with with the, with the Dodgers and their history in the '80s against the uh, the, uh, the the Padres with, with Tony Gwynn and, and, and Steve Garvey back in the '80s as well. Yeah. Uh, I'll most definitely talk that up, but you got the recent history with the, with the shows and, and the A's being good um, and, and being good on the budget, balling out on the budget, that is, if you like to go there. Um, they are, are still have that, that nasty taste in their mouth based upon how the the shows got to where they were, you know, with the allegations of the, of the trash can, they, you know, feel about how you do. I'm still of the mindset of you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Catch me if you can. Sure. And um, sure. <laughs> so, yeah, that's going to most definitely be the most heated of the four. But they all still have that divisional rival that's there. Um, so, yeah, I, I have a vested, a, a more of a vested interest in it now because of it. 
And um, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. Oddly enough, out of the eight teams that, that advanced, I didn't have the uh, the Marlins moving on, and I didn't have the A's moving on because of the injuries that they were facing. But, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. Um, if the Braves can continue to, to move on, because, you know, they, they haven't won a series since, what was that, 1995, 96, I think it was, um, mm-hmm. uh, until they beat the, the Reds. and. They're looking pretty good right now, so it's possible they move on and, and, and advance to the uh, to the to the, uh, the 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 conference championship round with the Dodgers potentially. But yeah, it's it's good baseball, good baseball teams, good rivals. Can't go wrong. You can't go wrong, man. I mean, I I, I just aside from the, me hoping that the Astros don't make it, I just love to see the series the A's go along because. It's petty. It's nasty it's petty. and it's petty. It's very petty. And I love it. I love petty. I mean, that's why I think the, going to different sport, which is a couple later, but that's why I think that's why I love the Saints and Falcons robbery so much. It's just it's just petty. It's just downright, especially coming from Saints fans. That's what makes it so entertaining. And so I like that a lot. But let's 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 focus on Braves for the minute. Braves and Marlins. I mean, the Marlins there they were they were Cinderella squad. I mean, coming from I mean they were I mean they they threatened to, to ruin the whole season because the whole damn the whole squad came down with COVID, and mm-hmm. basically for like like for them they they regrouped and managed to to complete the sixty games abbreviated season. Um. <laughs> I mean, but they really – I mean, the Braves have been in the Chiefs in the playoffs, so to your point, the last few seasons. But they've really got – the Marlins have really gotten under the Braves' skin. And so, I'll, I, for anything, I credit Miami for giving the Braves that push because they've really pushed. And, it, it, I mean, it, again, that's game one. They plunk Acuna and some other cat, have it, uh, like, like uh, only to have Acuna, like, had that big home run, uh, and in, in, in late in game one, that, that you know that put it away. You gotta, you got. I, I, I would give respect respect to turn. Your Braves are making a great impression in these playoffs, mind you. Again, it's a different playoff setup. I mean, they swept the Reds. You know, the mm-hmm. Reds. They have like the starting pitcher has been great all season, but the pitch the hitting has been spotty in the show. The pitch of the Bastards didn't show up at all. They were they were scoreless. I think they're the only squad in the playoffs out of history, or definitely this season, to lose a series while not scoring a run. So that just that just goes to show what the good uh, job the Braves did. But and the funny thing is, there were a lot of people that that yeah. picked the Reds to win that series based upon the Reds pitching, <laughs> and they got right. chewed out in those two games. So it is what it is, you know. I'm I'm happy that they were capable of 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 beating up on the Reds the way that they did. The thing is, you know, I I just want to I I don't want to see this team continue to underachieve, regardless of the fact that they're young, because that was the excuse last year. They were young and they underachieved in the playoffs by losing to the to the uh, to the Cardinals, who were more experienced, even though. On paper, the Braves had a better team. Ah, 
So as as a fan, I have my fingers crossed and, and, and waiting with bated breath to, to see how this series turns out because I would love to see him make it to the NLDS or the NLCS uh, one more time. But, um, yeah, that, 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 that specter of falling short still looms over this team, and they, they still haven't completely gotten it over them just yet, even though they are playing extremely well currently in this series. Exactly. So give them props there. Well, I will say this. It's still, I hate to tell you this as a Braves, as a Braves fan, it still looks like it's the Dodgers and everybody else. <laughs> the Dodgers just look too strong. Now, of course, is going to like tonight against the Padres, and mm-hmm. I just, I, I just don't, you know, I, you know. I, again, I, it's good to see the Padres back in the playoffs. Uh, and Fernando Tatis Jr. He is the man. He is the man. He's a stud. He is just a fucking stud. It's just that Kershaw, they have to go overcome Kershaw. But I'm not – I mean, Kershaw, he failed in the playoffs year after year after year. But, and I keep saying it's the Dodgers' year. It's the Dodgers' and everybody else. On paper, it seemed that way the last few years. But they uh-huh. just kind of got over the And, you know, who's to say this year they may get over the hump or, or not? But, I mean, the path is easier, I should say, even though the Padres have scored above one to nothing in, in the top of the second. Um, but point being is, you know, we'll just have to see. I think it's on paper it's the Dodgers and everybody else, both the American and National League. Um, and, and that's so the funny part, Dodgers right? Because, but that's the funny so, part because we we know how what the Dodgers have done in recent history. You know, they've come up short. So I'm sitting here rubbing my hands like Birdman, just waiting for the opportunity for it to come up one more again. Now they they're, they're looking good now. The thing is. Mm-hmm. When will Cinderella? It's not even Cinderella. They're not Cinderella. They're, they're technically one of the evil stepsisters because they come in as a favorite. They come in with with, with the best record. You expect right. them to do well, right? But the thing is, they end up not doing so. So, it, it, do, do, do they do they follow their pattern again one more year, or do they overcome that and make it to the to the World Series and finally win? the title that people have expected them to win over the past couple of seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see about that. But one more, one more thing before we move on to the NFL. Look, I'm a Yankees fan. I don't know have I don't have anything against the Braves. And <laughs> and to your point earlier, that's you, you touched upon earlier, this is not the the prime the premier robbery in the American League East as well as all the baseball. It's, it's Yankees, Red Sox. Always has been, always will be, right? Even though the Rays have have, 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 have crashed that party time to time to time, year after year after year, with both squads. But, mm-hmm. you know, we just look at both Yankees and Red Sox, look at the Rays as the little brothers. Well, little brothers have been kicking the big brothers' ass all year long, and they're up 8-2 to two in game three right Ooh. now, so they take a 2-1 to one series lead. So, Rays sitting at 40 and 20 a regular season. They had the second best record in all baseball. Mm-hmm. It's hard to it, it's hard to imagine. I mean, not hard to imagine, but it's scary to imagine. That's what I'm gonna say. It's scary to imagine this team, this Rays team, as well run 
as it as it's been the last two decades. Mm-hmm. Imagine how much well is we, we would be run if they had if they had resources. If the Rays yeah. had a great stadium, great fan mm-hmm. support, yeah. how better run this squad would be. They're the St. Louis Cardinals when and like like in waiting. They're they're just waiting because we all know how well St. Louis Cardinals how well they're how well run they are as an organization. Mm-hmm. The Cardinals are. Also. I mean the Yankees, even though they got all the money in the world, they're well run. They got one of the better mm-hmm. um, the Cardinals, better scouting departments and better farm systems. Well, the Rays are probably the, the best in both of those. You see, it, they keep losing their, their studs to free agency yeah. or in trade, and they mm-hmm. still they're still bad. That's because the farm system is great. Their scouting is excellent. And, again, this is done with little to no resources. They've been doing this. Little to no fan support. They've been doing this. So just imagine, if they were to get a new stadium, whether it be in Tampa, St. Pete, nearby St. Pete or wherever, or if they have to move to get a fine there too, imagine how, how, how great it would be they would be if they had those resources. They would be off the chain. They they would be outstanding. They would be just flat outstanding if the Rays had resources. That's how well run the Rays are, and I, I give them props for that. And, and but that's the thing though, because I always believe that if you got money, you can get the resources to, to operate well. But yeah, if you can go ahead and hire the nice, the, the right guys on a budget and, and, and still yep. play well. Kudos to them. Kudos to them. Kudos to the uh, the Oakland A's. Even though the Oakland A's right. still have them more too. resources than they do, and it, it just boggles my mind how the Rays keep continuing to do what they do, and the baseball fans or lack thereof in the Tampa area, which kind of surprising to me, won't support them. It, it's crazy yeah. to me. It really it's is. Too bad. It's too bad. It's too bad. I mean, it sucks that they don't have great fan support, but it is what it is. And speaking to speaking of Oakland, how they're, they're well how, how, on how well run they are, they got a new stadium coming in three years. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be fine. They're just going to be on the on the bay on on the bayfront. I don't know what the hell they call it riverfront bayfront. I think it's the bayfront, and <laughs> they're not going to be. It's going to be out in downtown. And I have a friend of mine who's in the, who's in the who's in the Oakland area. Who's lamenting the fact that they're building downtown because you know the G word gentrification? Yeah, uh, that's taking place. But you know where they play right now, where the Raiders used to play, where the uh, the um, the Golden State Warriors used to play, and 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 that and and that complex, the Oakland, Alameda mm-hmm. County, state that that area, the hood. Yeah, as I was told, that's they're playing in the middle of the hood. That's I think that's East Oakland, and mm. you know yeah that's the hood all right. That, I'm sorry, what's that, buddy? I said that's the hood all right. If rappers rap about it, it's the hood. Yep, it's the hood. Too it's short rappers about East Oakland. Yeah, you know. Yep. East Oakland. And, yeah, that's, you know, that's the song. East Oakland. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's that's all too short right there all day. There you go. And shout out to E40 as well. Right. Um, yeah. Yep. And um, what else? <laughs> you know, you know the thing is, is that the, you know 
You fool. Um, you know, and now, you know, obviously the Raiders are in oh, Las Vegas, which is perfect, by the way, for the Raiders. The team then the Raiders being in uh, Las Vegas. But you lose, they lost the Warriors to San Francisco. Uh-huh. And the, even though they still be in Oakland, per, in Oakland proper, they're downtown, which is fine and good for the, the A's to still have this, to get a new stadium and, and, and potentially raking more resources. You know, excuse, excuse me, it, it just it takes away. It's just the end of an era. About the yeah. end of an era for, for and pro sports in that regard. But anyway, I found that fascinating. I didn't mean to get on that tan- off on that tangent, but I found it fascinating that the A's play in the hood. They they're in the middle of the hood, and you know people, you know people been doing going to games for years, and hey. You see, the the fans are pretty much scary <laughs> with the golf Raider outfits and everything for Raider games and whatnot. But it, it's it's still, I I thought I'd bring it up. I just think it's it's cool that the Oakland plays in the middle of the hood. Um, moving on to the NFL. Uh, I don't know why I thought about that. I just did. Um, with COVID nineteen, it's just it's just it's just COVID nineteen is just taking no no. It's just taking no no prison. They delayed it. They, they paused the NBA season. They delayed Major League Baseball. They paused uh-huh. Major League Soccer. And, uh-huh. and all the Euro, major European leagues, the, the Premier League, uh, uh, what the, the Spanish uh, Primavera League, um, uh, uh, La Liga, I should say, uh, La Ligue, the, the French League, uh, the Dutch League, and of course the German League, uh, Bundesliga. Um, and now, even though those leagues have come back, and of course, yeah, the major and National Hockey League as well, they they delayed them as well. The NFL thought that you know what? Let me just watch. Let's just learn and watch and learn from these other leagues how they've done it and try to do the best we can. Well, here we are. Tennessee <laughs> Titans have been ravaged. As a result, our our the game we my beloved Steelers have had against the t- Titans last week and got canceled, not got canceled, but but got postponed to late in the season. And now you have Cam Newton missing the Monday night game. Be- well, the Monday yeah, well, well, well Monday's game was supposed to be Sunday's game against the Chiefs, being uh-huh. like delayed and then later like he like and, and like like um, after that he, I can't talk. He couldn't play because he contracted COVID. And now Stephon Gilmore, star cornerback, has tested positive for COVID. Mm-hmm. Now the Titans sustained more positive tests, right? And now you, I don't know if you saw this picture after the Chiefs uh, um, Patriots game. You saw Gilmore hugging one uh, Patrick Mahomes from the Chiefs. So he and so Mahomes said that he had a quote lapse in judgment when he hugged Gilmore after the news about Gilmore came out. Now you have potentially the star of the NFL and reigning Super Bowl MVP about to be like like in danger of catching COVID. So I'm just looking at it like this, man. I'm, well, first of all, I'm, I'm surprised it took this damn long. For the players to 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 contract COVID because none of these teams are playing in bubbles. No, they're mini bubbles in terms of no fans, 
little fans, little to no fans in some cases, but they they don't have, they're not in the true bubble. They go home to their family or friends, right? I mean, no one's well, bubble. Yeah. Right. Right. So I'm just surprised it took this damn long. But with, with, with all what's going on right now, you know, and, and, and now, you know, the game against, like, the Titans game against the Bills may not happen. So the mm-hmm. Titans may look at two two games that may be, that at least ought to be postponed or, in the case of the Bills, may be canceled. So, you know, what do you think is going to happen with this, man? I, I'm hoping and praying that they do not have to put the league on pause, like the NBA and, and NHL and Major League Soccer did, but and WNBA as well. I don't. I just don't know, man. I mean, the way these tests are and the way these, it's high contact football. I mean, it's not even like college where at least the kids have to go back to their dorms. Yeah. Right, and just get the strict supervision. The, the players on the NFL, the, 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 uh, like, doesn't have that. So. What do you think is going to happen, man? Are we going to look at a delayed season or, God forbid, a canceled season? Well, you know, all I know is the NFL has 10 million reasons to keep it moving, right? I'm sorry, right. 10 billion. They have 10 billion reasons with to keep it moving. Yeah. With the money, you know, with the money that they have, with TV deals and from from, from advertising, you know, it'll be in their best interest to keep this moving. Well, it'll be the best interest of a lot of people if the league keeps it moving. And you know, they're trying to set up provisions to go ahead and make it make it so by uh, making losses larger, because it's all it's going to be is next man up, right? And that's exactly what we saw with the Patriots when they played their game Monday night by putting Hoyer and subsequently um, Stenham in there um, at the QB spot, right? But right. there's so much stuff that could potentially happen. In this situation, it, it, you know, the NFL actually has a plan in place where they can be a little bit flexible with their schedule and extend the season. And that's exactly what they're going to do with that whole Titans um, Steelers situation, especially if it's a game that matters. And the way that both teams look as of right now, it looks like that game is going to matter. So they're going to end up having to play that game sooner or later. Um, it's a possibility that they can go ahead, like I said, extend the season if there are going to be breaks. The thing is, though, they're saying that there's a possibility that the league may end up facing not necessarily a fine, but they would have to end up refunding their advertisers if there's, like, a consecutive two-week break where no one plays. Um, but I doubt if that happens. The, the, the only way that that happens is if a couple of more teams end up coming down. But like you said, you know, we had Steph Wong, Gilmore, pop positive, and he's hugged up with uh, with, with, with uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes. And we don't know whether or not, as of right now, he's um, testing negative, which is good for, for the him and the Chiefs and the league. So the, the, the key is that it just, or the hope is, that it stops where it is with the, 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 uh, the Patriots and with the, the, the Titans, with this Titan thing, it's just slowly getting worse. And we're still waiting to figure out what's going to happen with them. There's a high possibility that their game this week gets postponed too. So it's going to be very interesting to see how the league handles this situation for a team 
that has already had to miss one week or postpone one week and potentially now two and how that affects the other teams that they're going to have to face. Um, my my guess is that they keep uh, trudging through, but I, I, they don't have the numbers yet to make them halt and, and, and do something big yet. But as of right now, they, they can still keep them moving. They, they should be fine as of right now, but at least they're, they're they're making adjustments. The thing is, how do they make up for those adjustments is the thing that we're going to have to wait on. Right. And that's where we're at right now. I think the NFL is on the crossroads right now, brother. I, I, yeah. I, like I think first, the Titans still struggling with their COVID testing. Now the Patriots, you know, would the Chiefs be, be, be impacted by this any, any, like anyhow? Would the Titans be forced to cancel the postpone or cancel a game, postpone another or mm-hmm. cancel Bills since they don't have any more bye weeks? So I, I don't know. I, I I just don't know, man. I, I again, I hope to God that it doesn't lead to a postponement of sorts. But I just don't. I just I think we're on the collision course with with some postpones. I think COVID's going to say NFL. Stand the hell down. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> I really do. It's, it's going to take a weird outbreak um, of like several players from several teams to to make it happen. And you know, the one thing that I was thinking would happen actually hasn't. You know, my question was, what happens if a big a big name ends up catching it? Hmm. Three big yeah. names, as far as we know, caught it with. Uh, Cam, Stefan, and if memory serves me correctly, um, Derrick Henry. So, yeah, they'll get it. The league will keep moving. The thing is, it's, it's going to be the amount of players or multiple teams that come down with it that's going to force them to do it. And I, I'm thinking that it, it, it'll take four teams to do it because that's going yeah. to be a very interesting way of how they figure out how they end up making that up at the end of the year in order for it to make sense if they're all playoff contenders. Yeah. Yeah. That's 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 time and time will tell, man. I want time will yeah. tell with that. Um speaking of NFL, we're gonna get to the crazier. Bill O'Brien being broken off <laughs> by the Houston Texans. I mean GM, well, head coach Andrew Man. And you know what? I kind of saw this happening when he assumed personnel power in 2019. Remember that brother who used to be the um, the general manager? Uh, 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 you know, uh, I, I forget his name, something Smith. But anyway, the point is, is that even though the, the former general manager went to actually take care of his wife, because she's mm-hmm. she's dealing with cancer. I don't know how his wife is doing now. That's been that's been a couple of years ago. Um, I, I you know there was rumors of of O'Brien pushing that brother out of the door because he wanted control, more mm-hmm. control. And so let's just say because because the brother who was the general manager, he was the one who drafted traded up to draft uh, Deshaun Watson. He was mm-hmm. the one I think who drafted 
uh, DeAndre Hopkins a few seasons before. So he was responsible, and J.J. Watt. So he was responsible for those draft picks. You know, and Jadavion Allen Clowney, too, I, I think. But O'Brien wanted it his way. The Bill, the, the bill check-in disciple that he is. Um, <laughs> and you see what's happening. He had bad draft pick at the bad draft pick. Also traded the way Jadavion Allen Clowney. Um, for some for for some reason, why I still cannot understand, trade away Hopkins for what amounted to be a few tomato cans, and like and running back. So he did not do Watson any favors. He they still do not have a defensive line that could block me or you. And you know, as a result, he's out the door. Now, why it took this long to do so? That's another problem in and of itself. Anyway, let me get your thoughts on O'Brien being broken off as head coach and general manager. Was it more what did it? Uh, well, we all agreed as expected, but did it happen a few years too late? Um, I don't know if it necessarily happened a few years too late. You got to realize he's only been GM. This will be well. This would have been his third year as GM. The guy that you were referring to is one um, Rick Smith. I think that's what his name is. But um, you got to look at it like this. He wasn't necessarily fired because of his coaching. He was technically fired because of his uh, general managing ability, right? Because this is the same Mm -hmm. Bill O'Brien that had the the, – well, they they weren't necessarily – at best they were 11-5, right? But if you look at his record in his time there in Houston, he was nine and seven, nine and seven, nine and seven, four and twelve, eleven and five, ten and six, and then he started out this year oh and, and, and four, and, the, and I would say that this year was more so um, because of the, the moves that he made in order to, uh, to 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 get him to the spot where he is right now. A lot of questionable moves, and and, and the one, the the biggest one that's going to really hurt them. A lot of people like to talk about, uh, I'm about to call him Larry Fitzgerald, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, and of course he's been extremely productive in in what he's doing over there in Arizona. But I kind of understand why they got rid of him because of the deal that Arizona gave him. Well, gave gave, uh, DeAndre, and I can see Houston probably not wanting to deal with that and um, wanting to get him out of there and, and trying to get some sort of compensation for him. But it was a Jeremy Tuttle deal that, that, that really got him because they ended up losing, you know, the first-round picks for 2000, for, for actually for uh, this past draft, the uh, upcoming draft in 2021, and the second-round pick in 2021. So uh, along with the, their, their uh, 2020 pick this past season, um, yeah, that was a lot for Jeremy Tussle. It is. I'm yeah. sorry. And, um, yeah, that's the thing that got him fired. I mean, yeah, he never necessarily really got over that hump, um, in that division. Um, especially really staying at around nine and seven, ten and six. Never really got past that. But at the same time, J.J. Uh, Watt was hurt a lot. Um, they never really had 
dynamic players outside of J.J. Watt on the defensive side of the ball, but they were serviceable and they played well. They just didn't play great. Same thing with the offense. They were starting to get it together, but they weren't necessarily great. They didn't necessarily have a great running back. They were still trying to piece together that O-line. That's what they did, what they did in terms of getting Tuttle. But, um, yeah, it was his GM moves that ended up biting them in the, in the end. So, yeah, I, I understand why they got rid of him. I, wasn't, I didn't believe – well, I didn't think that he was going to be the first coach. I thought the first coach was going to be Adam Gase. But he, he beat Adam Gase at the gate. So it is what it is. I know, right? I didn't expect that. I didn't expect that. I mean, I, how Adam Gase threw that job, I have no fucking idea. It goes sure that they just don't, once again, don't know what the hell they're doing as well. <laughs> so but I have no idea anyway, what they're doing anyway, in, in New York. I don't think, speaking of, speaking of Bill O'Brien, I don't think. What's what fucked them up even more? He traded away all his draft picks. Yeah. Just, I don't think that much. I don't think they have many draft picks in twenty twenty one. No. Well, they don't have their I don't first think or they do. picks. They need. I mean, first of all, how they're going to continue to build around Watson with no first or second round draft picks in twenty twenty one? That's number one. They need to restart the offensive line, and also. Yeah. I mean, the Texans are spending league high twenty two hundred forty nine point three million dollars on players this season for their zero and four. Zero and four, $249 million dollars should not yield an zero and four record. Zero and four record. But again, here they are, and I don't know why. Again, I don't know why that fool traded away Hopkins. I still don't understand. I mean, sure, Hopkins going to be paid, but I don't understand why people – if you're an executive, I don't care how personal – you can't make a person no. in this business. You cannot make a person. That's what EPMB, EPMD taught us. Business, never <laughs> personal. They taught us that every, every successful business knows that. Businessman, businesswoman knows that knows that mantra quite well, but it just missed Bill O'Brien. <laughs> it missed him in this case. It missed him in the Jadavion Clowney case, and I forgot the name of the right tackle that left tackle that they have. But it, it worked in that case. It really is up in that case as well. Getting rid of guys. So. Again, this is why. I mean, if your if your name is not Bill Belichick or maybe Andy Reid, you shouldn't have no damn business being a GM and a coach. <laughs> if Mike Hogan couldn't do it, neither can you. So there, there you go. I, I just, I just feel bad for Watson. Look, if I was Watson, I grabbed that money too. They were offering me, uh-huh. but then they're not doing them any favors, and. Bill, getting Bill Bill Bryant's the first move. The second move would be the would be to bring back the Oilers' name, get the would get the Adams family in Tennessee to do the right thing. But hey, only a better could dream. So that would be the name. But the the, the 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 Tennessee Titans love that thing so much 
and, and they, they, they still, in, you know, and, and they still infuse it in, in what they do too. So uh, they, they're being real petty. Houston, to go all refinery from Tennessee. Stop playing. Get you give it back to the Houston yeah. franchise. What Just it is, what the, it is. Just do what the New Orleans New Orleans squad did in, in, in basketball. They did the right thing and give, give and then giving back the giving the Hornets back giving Charlotte back the Hornets. Yeah. That's what it did. Do the right thing. Start your own legacy. Move on. Well, I understand we're, we're that not going to talk about the Utah Jazz. Like, well, that's another discussion for that time. But anyway, yeah. um, there's, yeah. there's no Jazz in Utah. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. But uh, give. Um, I mean, hell, I know A.D. George. I know Steve McNair. They they started out as Oilers, ended up as Titans. Uh-huh. I get it. I get the reason why they want to hold on to that. I get it. Do the right thing. Just give them back the damn name. Just give Houston back the Oilers. Just do it. That would be awesome. That it would be hella awesome. But it's not going to happen. Um, I don't think it's gonna happen, but it, it won't be dead to dream. What well, I always love to see that those light blue uniforms again. Oh, the powder and, blue that, and that old school all this helmet. I would love to see that, but we can dare to dream. Oh. It, Closest thing I got to it is uh, the southern, the southern jaguars who have it's not necessarily powder blue. I think theirs is technically Columbia blue, and they got a white helmet. Right. I, I love that uni when they wear that. I love it. Yeah, I just I just wish that I just wish the Oilers could get that back. But anyway, but right now Houston has the uh, the innovative name nickname the Texans. Whoa, how rich. yeah. Anyway, um, well let let me ask you this: Who do you think could coach any one of his big names? Whoever could get could get that Texans job? I think it's Eric Benny. I think it's a match made in heaven for Eric Benny. If they were to give him a shot, because he's calling more of the plays now in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. He's developed. Uh, he and Andy we both developed uh, homes, and with a guy with the enemy's imagine like imagination and play calling to go along with the Sean Watson's ability, bruh. That's the thing that I would think would be interesting, right? And the the current personnel that they have um, is almost like Kansas City. Like they have a bunch of speedsters. They don't necessarily have a big body like um, like Kelsey to catch the ball, but they have a lot of speedsters like Cobb, Stills, uh, 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 what's your boy's name, Um for for Houston, I'm I'm, I'm blanking on this. Uh, Cooks, you know, so they have a lot of speedsters out there, and, mm-hmm. and it kind of reminds me of the receiving core that they have in Kansas City. Then you have your scrambling QB that can throw the ball like Mahomes and DeAndre Hopkins. Not DeAndre Hopkins. God, look at me. And um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, God, I'm blanking out on his name already. This bad. And Deshaun Watson. Sorry about that, Deshaun. So they they have the pieces. The, the thing is that O line, Tunsil, um, there are a lot of people who believe that they reached 
on, on Titus Howard, even though I love watching the HBCU guy get drafted in the first round. Um, so if they can go ahead and, and, and get some help probably on that O-line and, and, and get a little bit more help on the defensive side of the ball, because they, they made some reaches with Vernon Hargraves, and, and they still have um, Whitney Marcellus out there with, with, with Watt, and then Watt's got to stay healthy for an entire season. It will be interesting to see the enemy and that offense together. It's just whether or not they can go ahead and, and, and get the guys in the trenches to, um, to, to help them play a, a little bit better. But, but they're going to need yeah. a great GM to do that as well because you just have you a great coach without a GM that's going to be able to make picks and someone that's going to have to be able to make picks in late rounds because they, they spend a ton of money on, the, on their current players. I don't know what their um, – their, their, uh, um, I was going to say budget, but their cap number is going to be like at the end of the year. But they, they're going to have to be able to, to find guys in the draft to find undrafted free agent guys to, to go ahead and, and, and play for the squad. Yeah. So who, do you have any names in mind for GM? GM, I have none. I have none because I don't, I don't know who. Well, one, I'm not huge on GMs, um, especially as it seems as though that nowadays they're hiring young at the GM spot, and I don't know who that next guy is that everyone is eyeing. That's a great scout for a particular team or is a, a player personnel guy for a squad that somebody might like. So it's a possibility they may go in that direction. And um, and then it'll be up to that guy to hire the next coach unless they end up doing, huh, like the Washington football team, they end up hiring a coach and then hiring a GM. Speaking of which, might as well get to it, but we'll close out the show on this and put you out of your misery. Um, your beloved Washington football team, or as my brother-in-law, who's a fellow Washington football fan, calls them Washington Team Football or WTF. Yeah. They decided to bench your boy Dwayne Haskins, excuse me, for the uh, immortal Kyle Allen. Not only the modem, hmm. but put him on third string behind Alex Smith. Men I even played this year. So give me your thoughts on the move. And since you were, since you're a big fan, you are, you, you live in the area, in the DC area, um, or the DMV as we as, as we as locals call it. Um, give me give, give me your inside thoughts on on that move, right quick. I know you have a lot to say on that. Well, first and foremost, it's not the locals that call it; it's the, the transplants that call it DMV. You know, the the natives here we oh, still cute. refer to. <laughs> But I you know. Yeah. But um so it's a it's a tale of two Riveras, right? And when Rivera was hired, the way that he was talking and, and I was a huge fan of it was I need to see what I have on this team, right? Mm-hmm. And attempt to develop it and if it doesn't work out this year I know what holes I need to fill, right? Mm-hmm. And that was the plan right. for this year. And I was with it. I was like, okay, whatever they need to do in order to go through this plan, cool. As long as they do what this team has has not done 
in the past 20 years, which is attempt to rebuild because for whatever reason, that owner believes that this fan base cannot take a rebuild. And in years in which they should be rebuilding, they don't. And I thought that's what right. we were going to get this year, right? But what happens, they beat up on one of the favorites to win the division in, the, in week one, right, and the Philadelphia Eagles. Then in week two, they don't look so good. They don't look so good against the uh, the Arizona Cardinals and 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 Kyler Murray who was scrambling on the on us all day, right? Probably still running right now, right? Then right. week three, they they lose a tough one to the Cleveland Browns. Now, if you watch that game, there were five turnovers, and they were still in it. Halfway through the fourth quarter, who? Ah, uh, you watched it. Yeah. You know there were five turnovers in that game, and they still could have pulled it out, except for you know there were some bad passes there from um from Dwayne. Then you play against the um the Baltimore Ravens, and the Ravens did what they would do to twenty eight twenty nine of the 32 teams in the league, right? So yeah. no harm, no foul, and Dwayne didn't turn the ball over against the Ravens, right? The thing is, yeah. apparently he was not playing as well as they were hoping for him to play, and that becomes a thing only because the NFC East is trash, Right? Right. If the NFC East was not it's trash and the, the the Dallas Cowboys were three and one and the Philadelphia Eagles were four and zero, and the Washington football team was one and three, they probably don't make this move, right? But right. because they're a, a a half of a game or whatever that is because of the tie with the Eagles out of first place and they believe that this division could be had. Ron, uh, Rivera wants to be Riverboat Ron now. He want to gamble. He want to try to win his division and see if this team can make it to the playoffs and what can they do in the playoffs, right? I don't believe they can yeah. do much in the playoffs, but it is what it is. So my guess is that there is a change in philosophy on what this team is going to do, and now they're looking to move this team on to, the, to at least compete for a playoff spot. I don't think necessarily that making it to the playoffs and, 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 and losing in the first round would do much for this franchise other than push back a potential draft pick for them for this coming spring. But I've never played in the National Football League before, and uh-huh. I've never coached in the National Football League before. So I don't know what that would do for morale in order for them to, to you know, go ahead and make it to the playoffs. So if he believes that it will be better for the team, for them to chase a playoff spot rather than to develop the guys that they got here that they want to keep and then make decisions from there, then so be it. That also lets me know that there's a potential chance that they either want Dwayne to learn on the sidelines or they don't look to keep Dwayne in the future. So it's, it's going to be based upon how they handle him. Now, as it pertains to him being moved down, to the number three spot, it was brought up 
by a couple of, of, of local guys that cover the team that the reason why that was done is because the playbook is more similar in the places they call, are more similar for what they would do with Allen and um, Alex Smith versus Dwayne Haskins. So they don't want to have a mixed play call with Allen, with him potentially being pulled and putting Dwayne back out there. So you don't want to have that mixture of calls out there. You want to go ahead and have something very similar. And so if Dwayne has, not Dwayne, if Kyle has to get pulled or if Kyle gets injured and you have to fall back on Alex, which is interesting that they actually put him out there. So my guess is that they probably trust him more than what a lot of people think. Um, then it won't have to be too much of a change in, in, in the play calling for that week. It won't be that drastic. So that's why they did it. That's why I guess they feel com- more comfortable putting Alex at the number two than having Dwayne there. And like I said before, this will be a way for him to hopefully learn. And the one thing that I got tired of hearing about this week, actually not even this week, today, from fans and, and guys that cover the team alike, is that Dwayne is um, is is immature and that he's going to be, be not stubborn. What's the word I'm looking for here? He's going to pout about this. Yes, he's young. I doubt very seriously that he pouts about this. Um, but, yes, he's angry. He wants to play. You, you can't be mad at a guy that wants to play, but I don't think this dude is pouting, right? I don't think he's pouting over this. So, hopefully he takes this as um, a learning tool and he actually gets better mentally from this. But, um, yeah, there's going to be some things that he's going to have to correct and there's some things that they're going to need to add in order for Dwayne to get better, right? So there are a lot of people who are applauding this um, Kyle Allen move because of those couple of games he had in, in, in Carolina last year and hoping they can translate here in D.C., but um, we'll find out, right? Because he got the Rams this week and he got the Giants next week. I don't know what he'll do against the Rams, but if he can't beat the Giants, then it ain't Dwayne. The problem ain't Dwayne. So hopefully they figure that out. They'll figure, hopefully they'll figure something out pertains to how this team moves on. But as of right now, my guess is, matter of fact, there's not even a guess. It's based upon what they said. You know, uh, Rivera said that he hopes or he believes that this team can, quote, unquote, do some damage. Now, the question is, what type of damage are they going to do? What type of damage? Is it going to, yeah. you know, is it going to be damage that they can go ahead and win this division and surprise everybody? Or is it going to be damaging, you know, the, the, the growth of Dwayne Haskins, the, the, hmm. the growth of this team, and then they got to start from super scratch for real come this spring. So it'll be real interesting to see what type of damage is done. I think the damage is – dude, this is this is Deuce last year in uh, D.C., which is a shame because he was drafted just last year. Yeah. And, you know, and it's just sad. I mean, the kid didn't have a – it was almost as if he was put in a position to fail. 
their their leadership, everything about about your beloved Washington team is toxic and dysfunctional from the top down. Let's just call for it. Danny Boy Snyder is probably one of the worst owner, the the worst owner this side of Mike Brown in the NFL now of all team sports, Uh, at least American team sports. Um, Maybe outside of the Mets, uh, 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 shouldn't be former ownership group. But anyway, um, (laughs) you know, I just, they're just terrible and dysfunctional. You know, with Bruce Allen, with Bruce Allen, you know, running the show at the GM for many years. They, they they just they just I mean look they don't have much of an offensive line. They have a hell of a y'all have a hell of a defense. I think that's that 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 defense is fully the front seven's for the young, high draft pick studs. Um, it's 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 pretty damn good. We've seen that as best on those in those what the ten sacks step on the on on Philadelphia week one. I think it was ten. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, you know, yeah, and and so. The talent's there defensively. They just need, yeah. Y'all need more firepower in the offensive line to, to protect Haskins. And Haskins is young. Give him time. I mean, not many people can be like – I mean, the problem is some of the young quarterbacks coming in, they're, they're like excelling two to three mm-hmm. years in. And, you know, you got to give Haskins some time. And, and and if they don't give him some time, that's going to be another wasted high draft pick. Yeah. And, and that's the problem you can't is because like every, everyone's on uh, 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 on the clock, right? Your coaches are on the clock. Right. Players are on the yes, clock. Sir. GM's on the mm-hmm. clock. Everybody on the clock. The thing is, though, coming into this situation, you have a QB in Dwayne Haskins who wasn't wanted by the previous coach. He was wanted by the right. owner. Then this coach right. doesn't right. necessarily want him. So now he's stuck with him, right? If it's a situation, like I said, everybody on the clock. And, and that clock is about three years long, right? So if you're not producing by year two, unfortunately, you're gone by year three. Players and coaches alike, right? And mm-hmm. had this been like maybe, say, 10, 15 years ago, year two, the way that he's currently performing, they would say that he's still progressing and he would need a third year. Matter of fact, this is his second year with a second offensive coordinator, and he's still trying to learn how to play because he only really played one season at Ohio State. So he's still learning the position. Correct. Had this been Correct. years ago, they would have allowed him the time to develop. Like one of the guys who I like to compare him to, hopefully on the positive side, is one Ben Roethlisberger. Roethlisberger didn't have the biggest numbers his first two seasons. Year three, he took off and continued to skyrocket. Those first two years, he was his passing average was under 200 yards a game. That's right. about where Dwayne is right, right now. But unfortunately, yeah. you had the likes of Patrick Mahomes. You had the likes of uh, Lamar Jackson. Hell, you even got Gardner Minshew and, and, and Joe Burrow who are coming out there passing. And uh, what's the boy out in, um, in in L.A. for the Chargers? He's coming out balling. So you have these oh, guys that are passing. Justin Gilbert, that Gilbert kid. Yes, Justin Gilbert. So you have these guys who are coming out passing 
for two fifty, two seventy five, three hundred a, a, a game, right? And your guy coming out here going for one seventy five, two hundred, you know. You're hoping for what everyone else has instead of focusing on developing this guy that you currently have. But, you know, if you're not worried about him, you, you, your, your, your thing is that you want to get us in at the end of the season to move on anyway. So it is what it is. That's the, that's the way it feels like to me. They're going to go ahead and not concern themselves about um, developing Dwayne, which I wish they would do. You know, he's a local kid. He's he's a fan of the organization growing up. Love to see him stay here and win with the team, man. But it looks like it might not be in the cards for him, man. And it's not necessarily his fault. Sure, it's because it's you know, not it's his the fault, owner, man. It's, it's, yeah, it's not his fault. It's not his fault. It's put in a position to fail. I mean, this is Kyle, this is Danny Boy Schneider playing GM once again, overruling yeah. the coaching staff saying, "I want to pit this guy." He did it with RG three. Which, or who you call yeah. Bob Griffin. He did it with him, and they were mm-hmm. Haskins. Because apparently Haskins, I think, and his son are good friends. Yeah, they were the high school together, you yeah. You can't, you, can't, you, can't, you can't base a draft pick based on that. you got to no. base it on talent. And I didn't think well, Dwayne Haskins was that high of a talent anyway. I thought he would go late in the first round at the highest. Now, and it's interesting that you say that, right, because, you know, he had that wonderful year at Ohio State, you know, when um, Daniel Jones was taken ahead of him. There were a lot of people that scoffed at that and, and thought that Dwayne was a better better talent. The thing is, you know, proof is in the pudding. He only played one year in, at, at Ohio State, man, and your hope was that, you know, some of that would carry over to, to the NFL, but it hasn't, right? And mm-hmm. unfortunately, he didn't have an off season um, to train with a quarterback coach to go ahead and help him not to stare down receivers, which has been an issue of his um, this season. But the funny thing is, and, and someone pointed this out, and it's it, it, it's that's exactly what it is, dude. This is this is uh, Griffin. Um, <clears throat> this is Griffin Cousins all over again. Yeah. This is Griffin Cousins all over again. You got the guy that everybody wanted to come to the team, that the owner loved. He gets here. He's not playing well. And you bring in the backup, and people have questions about the backup because he's thrown a lot of interceptions in games. And now Kirk is is, is robbing Minnesota without a mask because of his play yeah. that he had here where he balled out, right? So – it's not to say that Kyle Allen is 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 Kirk Cousins, because hell, Kirk Cousins is barely Kirk Cousins. But you know, we have no idea of what Kyle is going to do until he plays. And in my opinion, he has two weeks to prove it. Um, and it'll be very interesting to see what direction that Riverboat Ron goes into at that point. Because what do you do then? Do you go ahead and put an Alex at one in the five? That doesn't make any sense. Or did you put Dwayne back in? That doesn't make any sense because you just relegated him to to, uh, to your number three spot two weeks prior. So who knows what this team is going to do um, in, in the next couple of weeks. They're, they're, I know this. If they don't win at least one in the next two weeks, my God, it's going to be a show. 
It's going to be a show, and I am going to be living. Yeah. I don't know, man. I feel bad for, I really feel bad for Haskins. He's young. Yeah. It's gonna, it, we're looking at potentially another, um, what's the name of that kid that was drafted by the Cardinals the first round, only to be shipped out a year later for, for um, Rosen. Rosen. Josh, it's going to be another Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen. Situation. Yeah. But it is. I think it is. It is unfortunate. But it that's is. what happens when you, when you get drafted by an incompetent organization without a plan. You know, just you know because... what the crazy part is? The crazy part is this. Um, local radio host here um, interviewed the one and only Ryan Leaf today. So to hear Ryan Leaf talk about Dwayne Haskins was very interesting. And to see that Ryan saw a lot of parallels between him and Dwayne in, in their situations was also very interesting. And he was saying that, you know, at, at least for the betterment of Dwayne, that he learns from this. And, and the, the one thing I don't want is for Dwayne to turn into, like, and best case scenario if he fails here is that he turns into Josh Rhodes and, and he hops around somewhere, right? Worst case scenario yeah. is that he becomes Ryan Leaf. And he loses confidence in himself and ends up having mental issues and having to battle those. And that's what I don't yeah. want for the kid. That's what I really don't yeah. want for him. Yeah. And he wasn't playing terribly this year. He's been he, no. granted he hasn't been stellar, but he's been playing better, which I don't understand the move. I really did not I understand this move. I, I I understand it, don't understand it. Because I'm like, all right, some of those passes, there was a, oh, my God, and it's one pass against the um, – God, I forget who that was. He, he he threw a screen pass in the dirt. And I'm like, how do you do a, throw a screen pass in the dirt, bro? Come on, man, you got to be better than that. And, yes, he's been having difficulty throwing the ball over 20 yards. And, yes, he stares down receivers. Those are reasons why you would want to pull him, right? But at the same time, yeah. you know, the, the league has gotten to the point where y'all want to go ahead and, and, and do this to guys, to young guys, and put them under the fire, even though I never really was a big fan of it unless they get in the fire and they produce. But, you know, I didn't think he was ready. But they thought they thought he was. You know, I, I would, would have liked to have seen him play behind Alex and learn but he got thrown out there, man, and this is where we are with the team and with him right now. So, yeah, it is what it is. But anyway, I'm praying for y'all. I'm praying for you and in your squad. Yeah, um, I'm also worried about him. Yeah, uh, it's really it's it's going it's one fucked up situation, in Washington, man. But anyway, yeah. y'all get through it. Y'all resilient. Y'all deserve a lot better. I- I don't know if we'll get through it, man, but, you know, we ain't got no choice. <laughs> right. Here you go. All right, man. Take a light, man. Hey, next time you speak to me, bro, I'll be a year older. So, blessings for oh. me being a year older. Happy B-Day in advance, brother. All thank right you, now. thank you, thank you. Close to the 50 like me. <laughs> yes, I am. yes, I am. Yes, I am. Well, celebrate hard. Celebrate a lot, man. Take a light. Have a good well, few we'll see, me, man. Because, you know, that game is my birthday's on Sunday, and, and 
They All face right the Rams, now. so we'll, we'll see how happy I'll be, right? All right, man. I'll check in with you next week, brother. Take a light. All we right. We went. Peace. All right. We went. Peace. That's my guy, Dwayne Nash. Happy birthday to him and the fans. Please check him out on HBC, the DR slash HBC Sports. We're episode about all things HBC Sports. We'll watch Sleazy Ray on Facebook Live every Tuesday night. This crew and his work on HeroSports.com where he writes about FCS Athletics. Thank y'all for tuning into the podcast. This is Scott Burke signing off. As, as always, please stay at home. If you have to go out, wear a damn mask. And last, not least, oh six. Hey.